Let's pray. Oh, Father, we definitely are grateful to be able to come together and reflect on who you are and what you've done for us. And we are grateful for that fount of blessing, Father. We're grateful that uh, you rescued us when we were stuck in our sin, Father. We could not rescue ourselves. And you set us free. And we come to worship you, not just think about ourselves and what's wrong with us and what's going on in our lives. God, help us to focus on you and give you the praise that you are due. And uh, Father, for you to even call us friend or son or daughter, we don't deserve any of that. Uh, and so when we sing these songs, I do pray that our hearts can really reflect on what we're actually singing and uh, really express our gratitude for you. Uh, Father, we want to draw near to you. We're distracted. We are dumb sheep. That's who we are. We are prone to wander, like we just sang about. And, uh, and Father, thank you for just not casting us aside and leaving us on the, those hillsides, uh, vulnerable to all type of prey that are ready to take us. Uh, Father, but uh, those predators want to take us out. Lions are roaring about, ready to devour us. But Father, we are grateful that we can be in your sheepfold and that the good shepherd takes care of us. And uh, Father, I just pray that uh, we can wake up and just uh, be grateful for you. Please, Lord, help this time in your word to strengthen us. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we are uh, continuing our series uh, of Draw Near to God, and uh, we are, we're not going to stop with that. Amen. It's never going to get old to draw near to God. And uh, hopefully this year has been helpful to you. I know for me, I got to be honest, this year help, has been helpful to me. Just to, it's been meaningful. Starting the year off with 21-day fast focused me, gave me some really some spiritual awareness that I needed and uh, really sharpened me, I feel like. And it's kind of got my year off to a good start. Every day hasn't been perfect. Maybe some of you, amen, but I'm not there. Some days I drift a little bit, but you know what? I'm grateful for being together because I can get alongside of some of my brothers and sisters and they can help me back up and get me closer to God, draw me near to God, and I'm grateful for that. Grateful for the power of God's spirit transforming me from the inside out. And uh, hopefully this series will help you and inspire you. And we are continuing talking about really how we can draw near to God really by pledging allegiance to King Jesus, okay? That's what it's really all about. It's not just believing that something happened. It's about saying, no, I'm going to live my life for Jesus, okay? And, uh, and, and Jesus, when he would talk about the kingdom, he, he often would say, you know, let me just describe it this way. The kingdom is like, and he would describe something. And so we've been trying to kind of steal that concept a little bit. You know, a few weeks ago, the kingdom is like a celebration. I mean, we came, we, you know, people gave gifts celebrating the, the beauty of the kingdom. When we, when we know God's kingdom, we want to be great, great, gracious and loving and giving. And that's what we celebrated on May 5th. Couple weeks, just last week, our newest evangelist, amen, Jordan Massey, preached last week. And he talked about, hey, the kingdom, honestly, 
It's like a fork in the road, you know? Sometimes you're tempted to go one way, but there's one road that leads to the kingdom, right? And we got to stay on that road, right? And he talked about that, just not giving in to other kingdoms and pledging your allegiance to other kingdoms and how even Jesus was tempted with that, but to stay connected to God. And so this morning, we're going to talk about this this concept. You know, the kingdom is kind of like a marathon. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about that. And so this will be the last installment of this kind of concept of what the kingdom is about. And next week, we're going to start something different. Um, we're, we're going to talk about some other topics. You know, we're going to talk about some good, healthy habits. And also, we're going to talk about kind of the opposite of those habits as well. We're going to talk about spending time in his presence. If we're going to spend time in his presence, that means we can't be overly busy. Amen? Amen. Who's going to preach that sermon? Because I need it. Amen. I'm going to take notes, that one. Who's, who's got that figured out among us, right? I think God has it figured out. You ever heard of anybody gossiping? That can mess up a church. It can mess up your relationship with friends. It can mess up your relationship with God. Sometimes we just need to talk about stuff like that. Just be plain and simple. You can't draw near to God if you're talking about a bunch of people all over the place, right? We're going to talk about stuff like this in the the upcoming weeks. So there you go, a little trailer, a little teaser. There you go. Amen. A marathon. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about confidence, focus, encouragement, and moxie. I had perseverance, and then I erased it. I had endurance, and then I erased it. I had toughness, and then I erased it. I said, you know, let's just use a different word, moxie, all right? That kind of incorporates all of that, toughness, endurance, nerve, guts. I love it. That's what you need if you're going to run a marathon. I've never run a marathon. My mother's run too, and there you have it. Amen. There you go. And that's a true story. You know, she's beat me in in this. So we'll start out with confidence in all of these passages are going to come from one book of the Bible. And we're going to look at the book of Hebrews. If you have a Bible, feel free to turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, we're going to, all these passages will come from that one book of the Bible. I thought this was a good particular book of the Bible to focus on. Why? Well, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. But we do know that it seems as though he was writing to a group of Jewish people who had chosen to pledge allegiance to King Jesus. They had decided that Jesus was truly the Lord. And they were going to leave a life of rituals, right, of, of going and, and offering the sacrifices and following the Mosaic law as if that was what was pleasing to God. And they chose to follow Jesus. However, at some point, it seemed as though many were wavering in their faith and were thinking about going back. And so I think Hebrews is a good Bible to kind of hit at this theme of, man, hold on, you know, The kingdom of God pledges allegiance to Jesus, man. It's for the long haul, okay? And the first thing we got to do is we got to have confidence. And I want to inspire you because I want you to have confidence that you cannot finish this race. Does that inspire you? I want you to be confident that you can't do it. Are you inspired? That's a good halftime speech. Team, you can't do it. We do have to have confidence, but we got to put it in the right place, right? Brothers and sisters, since we do have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of who? Jesus. Guys, we, we got to remember this every single day. You know, you can't finish no marathon on your own. You can't do it. You can't live this life based on your life. It's based on Jesus. We can enter the most holy place, but only by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, 
opened for us through the curtain that is his body. You know, this powerful, a new and living way. You know, we talk about the scriptures in Hebrews 4, it talks about the word of God is living and active, right? That means even though the Bible was written centuries ago, it's still living. The power is still present right now, okay? And so Jesus' death, the blood he shed, is still living. It's still active. It still has power. It still has consequence right now, just like the Word of God does, okay? We got to remember that, that Jesus is the one. His body was shed. His blood was shed for us. And since we have a great priest, amen, over the house of God, let us, what does it say? Draw near to God. Have you heard that one before? Because you can't, you can't just approach God without, right, a mediator. But Jesus is ours. And he was sinless. And his blood isn't just the blood of some random animal. His is the living son of God. Sinless. So let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You cannot finish this race of faith if you don't have confidence in Jesus and what he has done for you. We can't do it on our own. We have to have confidence in Jesus. So let us draw near because Jesus is living. Jesus is sinless. Jesus is resurrected. Jesus is the one that takes us and puts us in the presence of God any time of day. We don't have to wait for one guy to do it who could have a sketchy life himself. He, we don't have to wait for some priest to make a sacrifice for us with some blood or some animal that's dead. That's not what we have. We got a much better deal. Jesus can usher us into the presence of God. And then our hearts can be cleansed. We don't have to have a guilty conscience. We can be washed. And we don't do any of that. It doesn't say, make sure you wash yourself. Make sure you take care of your heart. Make sure you, you, you. Make sure you're okay. Make sure you've stretched. Make sure you can run it. Make sure you can finish. Make sure you clean up your life. Make sure you do everything right. That's not what the scriptures are talking about. You got to focus on, have confidence in what Jesus has done. We, we, are, we are able to draw near to God on his merit not ours. We don't baptize ourselves. The Holy Spirit, the water cleanses us. God does the work. You know what we need to do? You know, we need to draw near. <laughs> you know, in the marathon, we need to put one foot in front of the other. Draw near to God. All the rest has been taken care of. All the hard stuff has been taken care of by Jesus. So we need to have confidence in Jesus. Don't have confidence. I can just white knuckle it. I can finish. I can be faithful for 50 years. Yeah, if you have Jesus, you will be faithful. If you have confidence in yourself, you might not make it. So make sure confidence is in the right place. And you need to focus as well. We got to focus. What do we need to focus on? We need to focus. He says, let us hold unwaveringly. Some of your translations say unswervingly. To the hope that we confess. For the one who made the promise is trustworthy. So let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we profess. Well, what is the hope? Who is the hope? Jesus. Who's the one that made the promise? Jesus. <laughs> we're, in good, we're in good hands, guys. And this hope, this is one of those words that messes with us because in the English, hope means something different. 
when these guys were inspired by the Spirit and they wrote these words, they didn't think of hope the same way we think of hope. So we have to remember that because we can say hope about a lot of stuff. Man, I hope it rains tomorrow because it's hot. Hope, what does that mean? It, it, to you and me, that, yeah, oh yeah, man, that'd be great if it happened. That, that, that would really be wonderful if it happened. I mean, that, that's kind of how we approach hope. We can't, this is not what the writer's talking about right here, okay? But we're, we're, we're in English language, so maybe this will help you. This word, in common conversation <laughs> and vernacular usage, this word in Greek is nothing more than the hope, desire, anticipation of something which may or may not occur. In contrast, the hope of Christians is based upon an objectively revealed certainty. Say that word. Certainty. Certainty. Thank you. Thank you, coach. (laughs) Believers hope for what will indeed, say that word, take place. There is an assured, confident expectation looking forward to what God has promised and that's what biblical hope means. It's not, I hope it'll rain tomorrow. It's going to be hot. No. God's made a lot of promises through Jesus and Jesus ain't never messed one of them up yet. And I'm telling you, we got that means we hold to that hope. Everything that Jesus embodies, hold on to it. You say, well, I'm tired of running this race. I know, so am I. Hold on to what is going to happen. Hold on to the promises. Hold on to what Jesus has already done. Hold on to what he can do to you right now. He can usher you in the presence of God right now if you take, just take that step to draw near. He is trustworthy. Even though we aren't trustworthy, he is trustworthy. Hey, amen, we pre- pledge allegiance to Jesus, but in a way, Jesus has pledged allegiance to sinful man to take care of us where we can't take care of ourselves. And we can, ha- we can hold on to that hope. Even though you can feel tired and want to quit the race, Jesus is not quitting the race. He's already finished the race, already won the race, and he's going to come back and lift us all up victoriously. And that is what you can be certain about. That's not something, oh, I hope it happens. You know, we can hold fast to our hope because the object of our hope, Jesus, will never let us go. And I say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Anybody need encouragement? When my mom ran one of those marathons, me and one of my buddy Reuben, we went to a certain spot. I forgot what mile marker it was. But you know, man, just try to, hey, no, mom, you can do it. Right? She, you know, she's just trying to make it. And uh, we need, man, we need encouragement. You're not, you're not going to make it if you, if you don't get some encouragement. You're not going to make it if you don't get encouragement. And honestly, if you don't give encouragement, I don't think you're going to make it either. Because your self-centeredness is going to take you out. You need to receive encouragement absolutely to make it. But you got to give it too. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on, right? To love and good works. Spur one another on, right? What in the world is he talking about? This word can mean stimulate, right? Inspire. You know what else it can mean? (laughs) It can mean something very kind of, it can be a positive word, but it can also kind of have a negative vibe to it. Do you know where this spur word also occurs in the Bible? It's in Acts 15. And it's where Paul and Barnabas had an argument. 
Bible says it was a sharp disagreement. Same word. And so what it can mean is like a, it's like a, a sense of deep emotion, stimulation. When we take this Greek word and put it into English, you know what word we get? Convulse. Th that's the kind of word it is, okay? So it's not, it's not an apathetic word. It's not like show up to church and just, hi, hi. Go to your small group, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you in like eight weeks. I know. Okay. Okay. Anything going on? No. That's, that's just apathy. That's just indifference. That's just whatever. That's just treating this assembly of believers as like whatever. You know, this word spur on, it's like stimulate. It's like, it's, it's the anti-apathetic word. At the very least, do something. Stimulate one another. What's going on? How you doing? I'm ready to quit the race. Ooh, okay, I hear you. Why? What's going on? Why do you want to quit? How you feeling? What happened? How, well, anything I can do? Let's, let's just pray. I don't know have the answers. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit will help us. I don't know. Spur each other on. What do you need? To love and good deeds. Come on, let's, right? It's not to, this is not an apathetic word, right? And, and because it, you can't spur one another on if you're not together in the same place. Oh, Jeff, you're just trying to get us to show up to church on Sunday. Well, sure, that'd be great to show up to church on Sunday, but that's not, you think that's really all he's talking about? This isn't the only, if this is the only meeting you got, oh, you ain't going to finish the race. I'm going to tell you that right now. All right, the marathon, you ain't going to make it. This should not be the only time when you get together with fellow believers on a Sunday morning. Seriously? You got to figure that thing out. Read your Bible. Spur each other on. You can't be spurred on if you ain't there. And you can't spur somebody else on if you're not there. And if you don't care somebody else isn't there, no one's going to get spurred on. What view of church do you have? What, what's going on, guys? Some people are in the habit of doing it. He says, don't do it. But encourage each other, which means to call each other. Call alongside. That's what it literally means. Call somebody alongside. Hey, man, I need a little help or comfort. Exhort. That's what it can mean, too, to inspire, to get going. Sometimes we need that. We all need that. We need to receive it and we need to give it. That's what it means, guys. This is the view of the church. And we'll talk a little bit more about why people may have been abandoning getting together. Because I think it, I think it, comes, up, it comes up next. But this is, this is, I think, what we got to look back and not just say a proof text to come to church, man. Then you're, you're missing the point. Last thing we need is moxie. Again, what does that mean? It does mean toughness. No quit attitude. Guts. Nerve. Toughness. All that kind of stuff. God, we need that. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, we can have confidence in Jesus and all, but we got, <laughs> this life is hard, man. You, you, you got to have some, some guts to fight. To fight. Just stay in the fight, right? And I think one of the reasons why they might have had so many problems is because they were experiencing stuff like this. You know, the writer says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful? Even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who are suffering the same things. 
That's encouragement. Call alongside comfort. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with what? Because you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. If you were experiencing terrible suffering, public ridicule, physical abuse, being put in a jail, and all your property being taken, would you want to show up here? <laughs> let's be, okay, let's get down to it. How many of you have been thrown into jail for your faith in Jesus? How many of you have, 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 how many of you have gone out in the parking lot and people go, where's the church? Oh, there's a church. I know there's Christians there. And when you got to your car, there are people waiting to beat you up. Like, that's never happened to me. I don't even fear that. That's not even a part of my walk with God. That is, that, that's, this scripture is crazy foreign to me. Some of us, most of us, and I'm willing to bet not one of us, and woo, in the United States of America, and when all you owned was taken from you, freedom taken from you, possessions, oh, no, no, no. We'd be mad. We would be mad. I have a right to liberty and justice, and what are you doing? Who are you to take my stuff? Don't you touch my stuff. That's mine, right? We would just, whoo, whoo, we'd be fired up. There would be no way we would accept somebody taking our stuff and then be joyful about it. Man, you'd be writing congressmen and all this kind of stuff. You'd be trying to do whatever you could do. Don't throw away this confident trust in yourself. Oh, wait, no. In the Lord. There it is. There's that confidence again where it needs to be. Remember the great reward it brings you. Hold unswervingly to the hope. It's, it's real. It's guaranteed. Hold on to it. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and finish this thing. Then you will receive all that he's promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. This is an exhortation to finish the marathon of the faith. Right? I mean, hey, we celebrate, you know, hey, Memorial Day, and some of you have literally have lost family members or things like that. And you, this is meaningful when you think about the, they pledge allegiance to this country. And when you pledge allegiance to this country, other countries want to take you out. But some people are willing to suffer. And we, we remember them over this weekend. And I, hey, I, we need to be willing to put on that banner for Jesus and go out in this world and be willing to take on whatever's coming our way. You know, because, because we know what is in store for us. We, we have a hope. And you, and you might, we sit here, but it's so comfortable to sit here. Literally, I'm, I got an email. Literally, check, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm going to show it to you. First of all, it took me like 30 minutes to Google how to get a screenshot of the Dagnum you know, to make it a PowerPoint slide. That's another story. Six church members executed. Oh, Jeff, this was like 800 years ago. April 28th, 2019. 
You can't read it probably. This guy right here, this pastor, he was talking with his church members after Sunday service on April 28, 2019, when 12 armed men on motorcycle approached and ordered the Christians to gather under a tree. After confiscating Bibles and cell phones, taking your property because you're a Christian. They took their cell phones. The men demanded that the Christians convert to Islam. When the believers refused, the men took them behind the church building one at a time and shot them to death. Then they set fire to the pulpit before leaving. And this guy right here, his son, his son-in-law, other church members were killed. And before the attack happened, this guy, this pastor told people he felt danger was imminent, but he would rather die for the Lord then leave the village where he had served for 40 years. That's today. And we are complaining about communities and groups. And <laughs> I don't know if I really... <laughs> okay. All right. I don't, I, wow. Okay. Wow. That, that's where we are. Like We're going we're gonna to make the huge mountain out of some, some things, right? And we can just walk to our cars and turn on our music and go to our lives and look at our, you know, 401k and just love life. And there's people, this is now. Oh, Jeff, you're just finding one little thing. Okay. I get this email, Voice of the Martyrs. You know who this guy is? Prime Minister of India. Small place, small population, big population, India. A lot of people in India. Here's the deal. This guy right here, he, uh, he has called for India to be a completely Hindu nation. His name is Modi, and he has said Christians and other non-Hindus have no place in India. And so there's a huge issue going on right now for all the Indian Christians to pray that they can withstand the persecution that's coming because he's running the country, and now the, the intense kind of hardcore groups feel emboldened to get rid of the Christians. That's today. That's the world we live in. So when you read Hebrews, and it talks about the confiscation of your property and all that type of stuff, don't just go, wow, this is really interesting. There are people dealing with that right now, today. We need encouragement. We need to stay focused on Jesus and who he is and what he's done. I'm telling you. And we got to have some moxie. And the reality is probably no one's going to brandish a gun and challenge us with our faith. But we got to be willing to stand up to the person at the coffee pot next to our cubicle who's railing on Jesus. Hey, are you willing to take a stand there or are you going to? I don't want to rock the boat. Take a stand. Have some moxie. Stand up for Jesus. Uh, I don't have time for that. There we go. So, some of you always want to know, hey, how can we take the message and do something with it? Well, you know, maybe you can read through Hebrews 11, 32, because there, there's more. I could have gone on, but I don't have time, right? So, you can read that, and you can maybe have a great discussion in your small group, right? And the person that hasn't been to something in like eight weeks, maybe give them a call. Ask them, hey, how's it going? Haven't seen you in a while. I want to encourage you, <laughs> right? Isn't that what we should, I mean, isn't that, 
shouldn't we have that much depth with one another based on Jesus to at least be able to say, how's it going? I hadn't seen you in a while. You know, why is that crazy and controlling? I don't understand that. Get together. Talk about it. What is it going to take for you to finish the race? How you doing? Share how you doing, right? And how would you handle persecution? How would you handle? You know, how, how do you think? You, I think that's a great discussion, right? That's what it's all about, getting together in, in small groups and talking about how we can help each other maintain that allegiance that we've pledged to Jesus until we breathe our last breath. Amen. Let's finish this marathon. All right, let's pray for our Lord's Supper. Father, we are, I know I'm, I am amazed at what is happening around the world, and I do pray for the people that want to follow Jesus and know that their life can be taken from them in the country that they live in. So I, I do pray, I pray for the safety of those brothers and sisters out there. I, I really pray for them. I hope that, uh, Father, that their, their faith will uh, be rewarded, and I believe it will. That's my hope. And uh, Father, we are grateful that, uh, that we have Jesus and that this life can't do anything to us. And even if they were to take this earthly life, Father, we, <laughs> we know that's not the end for us. That hope is so powerful. And when we take this bread, and we, 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 we literally take in this, this belief <laughs> into our bodies. We believe that the body of Jesus was broken for us, and we believe his blood was shed for us so that we can have confidence in what he has done. And we are grateful for his resurrection that we can celebrate right now as we take the Lord's Supper. And we pray for all of this in the name and the authority of Jesus. Amen.